Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you choose to listen into Great Hearts Table, we're glad to have you, and thanks for joining us. If you like what you hear, please review us on your favorite platform, subscribe, encourage others to do so as well. By so doing, you help spread the recapturing of what I tend to call pastoral idealism. I've been called an idealist since I was a teenager, and the truth is I've not outgrown it. My thinking these days is that we shouldn't need to. In some ways, it's the shelving of our pastoral ideals that has caused malaise for many of us. In this post, I want to consider how this has happened and what micro steps might be helpful in taking those ideals back off the shelf. Again, thanks for joining us. Pastoral ministry can be disorienting. We do it for a few years and then wake up one morning wondering what we're doing and why. The answers that may have been ready at hand when we began seem lost to us. A cloud settles over us and we begin to feel isolated and alone in such a way that, to me, invites an adaptation of the words of Leo Tolstoy, all happy pastors are the same. All unhappy pastors are unhappy in their own way. The cause of this disorientation may be traceable to many sources, but somewhere in the mix, I suggest, is the sorrow of shattered expectations. Somewhere, the ideal of ministry gets lost. Many who follow the impulse to be pastors do so with some kind of idealized image of what that will mean. Some are moved by the thought of being present at the bedside of ailing parishioners. Others are energized by the prospect of preaching the glories of God to an eager flock. Still others long to bring order and depth to disordered communities. These images reflect in some measure how pastors themselves were pastored, and they fuel an inner desire to be that for others. But when, in time, the reality of ministry restricts, destroys, or redirects that ideal, The subsequent dissonance can be disheartening at best and devastating at worst. The image we once had is eroded to the point of invisibility, and the fire that once burned inside us vanishes. Some pastors find that they're not given the latitude to exercise their ideal. One friend was called to pastor a small church where he quickly ran afoul of a long-standing elder who had little sympathy for godliness and much for power. This one man made life miserable for my friend. Others, I know, feel immense pressure from members to grow a church that has not grown for many years. Other pastors discover that their ideals do not play well in the growth-oriented ecclesiastical context of our modern age. The church demands vision, leadership, energy, and impact from their pastor. Soon the pastor, who simply wanted to pray for and with a community of saints, is attending summits on effective church leadership and hiring a coach to develop executive effectiveness. Even when judged successful, but especially when not, these pastors will begin to feel an inexplicable emptiness. Such ministry corrodes our ideals. The pressure to be what we were not designed to be remolds the shepherd's heart into something unrecognizable and leaves sickness and weariness in its place. The fire soon grows dim and the passion leeches away. That I believe the disease is reversible is the very reason I write. 
Many pastors long to simply pastor, and many parishioners long to once again have a pastor. But what can we do? We need first to reframe our own thinking. The pastoral ideal with which you began ministry is a good and valid thing, no matter what the broader ecclesiastical culture tells you. You need to read everything Eugene Peterson has written, and then return and read them again. He was a pastor calling pastors to return to the pastoral ideal. His voice needs to inhabit our inner spaces to provide oxygen to that flickering flame of a vision we once held. Some of you need to dig in your heels and outlast the opposition or redirection. A friend was told by a leader in his denomination that the church he was pastoring would not get better until a hearse made a few visits to the church's boardroom. That's tough, but for some of us, necessary. And when our churches demand a ministry style out of sync with our pastoral ideal, we can carve out spaces where that ideal can be kept alive and grow. We can write and implement the vision statement the elders demand, and we can attend the church leadership conference they think is essential, but all the while we pastor underground. My opportunity once to meet and pray regularly with a small group of college students desperate to be shepherded kept alive my pastoral impulses during a difficult time of church politics. None of this is easy. Pursuing ideals never is. Our perfectionism will whisper that we're not doing ministry well, and Christian culture will shout that we are not doing ministry right, and we will appear naive. But in this, I find we are in good company. Jesus once prayed that his disciples would always be united, a wildly idealistic vision if ever there was one. But he did not flinch from his idealism, neither should we. And perhaps along this path lies the world in which all happy pastors are the same. Great Hearts Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. Thanks to Over the Rhine for permission to use their wonderful songs, All My Favorite People, and Called Home. And thanks to you for listening. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found called home. Take a left to loneliness There's a place to find forgiveness Called home